David Stokes joins us. He is a regular contributor here at the Big 550 KTRS to the McGraw Show. He is Director of Municipal Policy at the Show Me Institute. Welcome. Good, good morning, Wendy. Great to have you in here. McGraw's in Switzerland. Right, right. We feel so sorry for him, don't we? <laughs> right. That's, that's just not something you, you hear every day. He might, he might pop over to Liechtenstein to get exactly. some coffee while he's there. <laughs> exactly. And Kelly was running over his or running down his itinerary. And she said, oh... He's in Lake Como, Italy. It's like poor guy, poor poor thing. So tough life, tough life. You so think we can at least do a remote from Lake Como, like call in and exactly. fill in how everybody's doing. I agree, exactly. David. Exactly, exactly. Well, we have bigger fish to fry back home, don't we? Uh, first of all, let's start with the community college, the the tax that passed this week, uh, which was kind of a surprise to people, but voter turnout was historically low once again. Well, the August. August special elections in an odd-numbered year are a very rare special election day. So it's not – that's not held on that day very often. And frankly, right. probably probably shouldn't be. They should probably – I do think they need to tighten up the special election laws to have fewer election days in Missouri. And a lot of people have been complaining about that for a long time. But right, it was an $0.08 cent per $100 tax increase for the community college district. And to put that – what, what does that mean to your property tax bill? It means if you have, let's say your home's worth an average amount of about $300,000, you're thinking about a $45 increase each year So for the community college alone. So so 45 if you got a $300,000 home. So not, not an enormous tax increase. But so that's the vote. That's the vote, though. That's what you know our Hancock Amendment requires votes right. of the public and for things like this, which is a wonderful thing. And the, the tax did pass. Fairly solidly. It passed in all four counties it was voted on, St. Louis City, St. Louis County, and then uh, parts of Jefferson and Franklin are in the community college district as well. It passed in both of those areas as well. And look, I think community colleges do wonderful things. Not everybody has to go straight from high school to a four-year college. They do many, many things. Now, it's certainly an argument that Tuitions for community colleges are very low as they are and as they should be. But do you want to make if you need more money to do community college, should you be making it up on a little bit more for taxpayers or perhaps a little bit more for the students? Obviously, the people of the area chose to chose to go with the taxpayers a little bit. Thirty million dollars a year. This is going to mean for the community college district. That's a lot of money. Well, the community college district is very large. Again, it's all yep. of St. Louis City, all of St. Louis County, and parts of Jefferson and, and Franklin County. So you're talking a very a very big area. I guess if you do want something passed, though, do it on an off year. You got it, and do it in August. You've like got you it. You were talking about David, and it also seemed David. If and and Kelly, even you might disagree with me. I don't remember hearing that much about it, except like in the days leading up to the election. Yeah. It was almost like they kind of kept it a little quiet. That's you know Tom Sullivan, a, a leading critic. Of, of the proposal and someone who I know and have a good relationship with, he was pointing that out too. And he was, he thought that yes, it was really, really quiet. Like you Very didn't quiet. see much advertising for it. I think it was highly, highly targeted towards the people they expected to vote, sort of that 10% of the population. Because I got at my house, I probably got five or six mailings about it. And, but I got to be honest, like I've, I've probably missed. 
two elections since I was 18 years old. Like, they knew I was going to show up and vote. Right. They didn't know how I was going to vote, but they knew I was going to show up and, and vote. So I got a bunch of mailers on it, but I think they probably really targeted to that small niche of the population that they knew would show, show to vote. Because I got a bunch of mailings. But Tom's point is correct. You didn't see... TV ads. No, you didn't hear no. many. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I don't think you had too many radio ads here. No. Nope. You, you would know. Well, guests mm-hmm. weren't even being made available to us. Usually when they're pushing something, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's a good solid push for months before, you know, in the run up to the election. And that was not happening this time. It was the days, if even that. So, if even that. Yeah. But now you are more intrigued even with what's going on in Webster Groves and their zoning. It's very interesting issue there, and it's 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 related right now just to Webster Groves, but I think it's an issue that our I think our country, frankly, is going to be dealing with, but also the rest of the greater St. Louis region. About three or four months ago, the Webster Groves City Council passed a zoning change, sort of liberalizing the zoning laws in Webster Groves and allowing more duplex houses, more duplexes in areas that were previously only for single family homes. And they and I, first of all I I have nothing against liberalizing zoning laws. So you're not you're not hearing the guy from the free market libertarian think tank <laughs> saying, "Oh, we right. must have the world's strictest zoning." Right. Uh, and I have nothing against duplexes. Uh, but you know the way they did it and it upset a lot of people in Webster Groves who – so I try to look at it from their perspective. You know, people have – the largest investment you make in your life for most people is your house. And you, you buy something in a single-family area. And, and I don't begrudge people at all who want to largely keep it that way and don't want to see rather – I don't think of duplexes are a radical change at all. But they don't – not everybody wants to see that change. So some people in Webster Groves – you can do referendum in Webster Groves. You can't do that in every city, but you can in Webster Groves. They got enough signatures to put it on the ballot. The, the referendum on the ordinance change, whether to withdraw it, to defeat it by vote. And it, and it passed widely in Webster Groves, meaning they withdrew, they defeated the ordinance. They said, we're going to pull back this zoning change you made. And I will say that voter turnout in Webster Groves was actually very high. For a special election like this, it was extremely high, and it passed by a wide margin. So I think the message in Webster Groves, at least, is that they like they like their single-family zoned communities and neighborhoods, and it'll be interesting to see how the city council of Webster Groves goes forward. Also be interesting to see how this how this comes to the rest of the region as there is an effort to sort of reduce the strictness of of zoning in certain parts of our area. What community in your mind, David, and this is an an unfair question to ask just on the spur of the moment, but is there another community where zoning laws are sort of contentious uh, between their, you know, respective city council and and the, the, the citizens where this might be an option for them? Well, I'm going to, if I may, this is really a, a national issue that's coming that's even bigger on our coasts, where you've got the cities where the housing is so expensive. And one of the reasons that housing is so expensive in San Francisco and Washington, D.C. Zoning. And New York, a really strict zoning that makes it difficult to build new new homes. There might be a difficult permitting process, an environmental review process, and I'm not opposed to all those environmental rules at all entirely, but 
there's a difficult process to build homes. It's probably harder to build homes, and it, it certainly is harder than it should be to build homes in America. And in particular, it's harder to build apartments and condos and buildings like that on our coast. And that's a major reason why housing is so expensive. So this is a fight to sort of allow more denser buildings, allow more apartment buildings. This is a fight we're going to see on the coast a lot. We've already started to see it on the coast, and it will come to St. Louis over, over time. We, right. It's obviously come to Webster Groves, but housing is so much more affordable here, thankfully, than in other parts of America. It's less of an immediate fight that we're going to have, you know, next month in Kirkwood and then Florissant and then right. St. Charles. But this overall question is I, something that's going to keep popping up. Absolutely. And, you know, and there's not another city that just jumps out to me like they're the, they're next. But it certainly it, should Chesterfield allow more apartment buildings? Should should Ledoux? They're building them right now. They should, are. Should Ledoux like let's yeah. let's name a place that has, to my knowledge, almost almost no apartment buildings. I'm sure there's a few here or there. Yeah, but, they're on the sort of on the outskirts of Ledoux on the like the Olivet border or the Creve you know the Crevecore border. Yeah, right. right. I think you know a couple decades ago there was a giant fight when somebody proposed just doing a small section of attached housing along Conway Road near near the near the junior high school, and I think that was a big fight to just allow luxury. This was luxury attached housing, but small luxury attached housing, and that got that got approved. So it would be really interesting to see some of the the the, the dues, the town and countries, the Chesterfields, as if there's an effort to to really step back from single-family zoning rules and the large lot size rules as well to, to change that, how that reaction will go. Based on, based on the Webster Groves result on Tuesday, I think the St. Louisans are going to want to largely keep the single-family zoning rules we have. Was that attached housing development in Ladue sort of bounded by Lindbergh, Conway, maybe Warson? It's right there on that. That little area, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, just okay. a real small. There's only probably a dozen attached homes back in there. Right. But it is near Warson and Conway. You know, there's something, though, about about what has happened, what's just happened in Warson, or I'm sorry, in Webster Groves, that makes me, I mean, it gives me, I mean, reason, it's sort of reason to celebrate. Because they, they have a community. Uh, they don't want to see it changed. And a lot of people actually bring out-of-town guests to Webster Groves because of the, the, the that strict zoning law that they have or those strict zoning laws that they have. Saying eventually will the camel will the camel get its nose under the tent there even in Webster, you think? I, I think yes, I think it will. I I think a lot of the people opposed who voted yes on the referendum to overturn the zoning change did so not automatically based on the duplex change alone. But they're also they've already planned next steps in Webster Groves to do a giant tax increment financing based development in Old Webster to do to change the commercial code to allow more multifamily and apartment buildings in the commercial areas. And I'm not opposed to that. Where I live in University City, I got I got apartments to the north of me on Delmar, <laughs> apartments to the right to the south of me in Pershing. Yeah. But you know, I don't want to impose how I where I choose to live on on everybody else. So there was more stuff going on in Webster. There was concerns from some people certainly about the how about the landlord rule they passed a couple of years ago requiring landlords in Webster Groves to take Section 8 housing even if they don't want to, which was an issue a lot of people in Webster were concerned about and right. one I find troubling as well. I mean, you shouldn't be forced to participate 
the federal Section 8 housing is a federal program, and the federal rules don't force landlords to participate in it. It's, it's your choice whether you want to accept that as a payment and to then do the things you have to do to be in that program. And Webster is one of the only cities in, in Missouri to require landlords to, to take that. And I think all these things combined had a lot of people in, in Webster Groves questioning what some new members of the city council wanted to do to their city. Very interesting. Thank you for watching this for us, David Stokes. Well, I think it's something that will happen again. I look forward to talking about it on KTRS with you and McGraw going forward. Keeping your eye on it for us. Thank you so much, David Stokes, the Director of Municipal Policy for the Show Me Institute. You'll be back next week. Thank you, David.